Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. Welcome to the PM Collective Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to make a brief mention of some sponsors that support PM Collective and the real estate industry and allow us to create this positive community for the property management world. So these wonderful companies are West Coast Property Training, Asset Reports, On Tap Plumbing, Response Electrical, SGUA Insurance and Long Reach Recruitment. So a massive thank you to them all. Now, today I am doing a BDM series again with the wonderful Rob Woolmer, who is an award-winning BDM and the new business manager at LJ Hooker. Thank you for joining me today, Rob. Thanks for having me. Now, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, just your experience um, and what you currently do now. Yeah, sure. So I have been doing BDM full-time for coming up to eight years. I, as probably most of the team will agree, I don't maybe have the skill set to manage properties with the same level of attention as the property managers. Um, I'm a little bit of a a show-off and I like to talk. So I found probably the best place to put my talents to use is to building good relationships with clients and getting them to sign their properties to us. So have you ever worked as a property manager before? No. And what were you doing before this role? Previous to this, I was working for a boutique agency in London in property where sort of you do everything. So you sell and you do the leasing. Yeah, I've heard that over there. They have, and when they do leasing, it's literally just leasing the property. But do they manage? Sometimes. Oh. It's it's a lot less regulated. I remember when I came back and did my property management registration at Rewa, I like went white in the face with the amount of legislation you had to know because over there everything was done on handshakes and gentlemen's agreement. Yeah. So you you know someone would walk into the office and say, "I've got a property up the street." can you find me a tenant? And you go, yep, we'll charge you like two weeks letting fee. And they'd say, oh, it's a bit much. Can you do less? And you'd just agree on it, shake hands. And there was no paperwork. It was literally just a handshake. Mm. Don't know if that company still does. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but that, that's how it was done. And that's how I thought it was. That It was just, you know, this is what you've agreed on. But I think from having relationships with people where you could reach an agreement without any paperwork you find a way to build trust with people and build rapport so in a way Mm. that maybe set me up and might explain why I'm so bad with all my admin (laughs) (laughs) the admin something well it sounds like property managers (laughs) I'm sorry for yeah I feel sorry for your property managers that I'm having to deal with your lack of um, admin experience we all have different skills <laughs> so do so you haven't done property management directly before then do you think that's a positive or a negative in your role good question uh, blessing in disguise yeah um, I've, I've got a very good understanding of it but I don't know if it's something I would be particularly good at. Never done an ingoing, never done a final, never done a routine. Don't have an interest in ever doing it, but I think it's important that I do have an understanding of what's involved in the process. So if a client asks you something, you've got a general idea. I know the answer. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you necessarily how it's done, but I can tell you what it looks like at the end. Yeah. Um, but if there's anything I can't answer... I will go and ask one of the girls and get a question answered and come back to the owner. And it works both ways. If they can't work out a price of a property or they don't know how to deal with a particular owner, they come to me. So it works. I suppose what what we've got maybe isn't technically perfect, but it it works for us. Yeah. Now, I don't um, know you 
very well, so um, I hope you don't get offended easily. Nope. I don't. You don't look like you do, so I'll just um, say it. But you look like the type of person with a personality of. Um, if you like, you understand property management, but you've probably got a bit of an intolerance with the crap that comes with it. Yeah, I have a short attention span. Yeah, and I don't have a great deal of patience for things that don't interest me. Yeah. So I know what I like. I know what I'm good at. So I'd rather just focus on that. Yeah. And leave the stuff that I'm not good at to other people. So would you then consider yourself, like, do you sit with the sales team or the property management team at your office? I sit with the sales team. So I'm on, our office is split in two. So there's a property management side and the sales side. I sit in the sales side. So all, all the training I do in terms of upskilling is all sales-based primarily. So more around scripts and dialogue, marketing, all the, the technologies around that. Because um, that's sort of your, I think your key skill set is being able to negotiate and talk. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And having having good answers. Which is the reason why I um, am not pre prepping you with the questions today because you look like you can just talk your way through <laughs> any any appointment. I try. I'm summing up you summing you up pretty well, aren't I? Wow. <laughs> Wait to the end. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, and, and I guess sitting with the sales department, ultimately you're getting a lot of referrals from them at the moment as well. Does that help? Yeah. Um, Where are your referrals come, coming from at the moment or your new business? Shotgun. I've got a lot of things going at the same time. So I've always thought of my business. I'm trying to do two things. I'm running a sprint race. And I'm running a marathon at the same time. So I've got to have control over, I guess, two different feeds on my pipeline. There's the stuff that is either walking in the door or calling me on the phone that wants to go straight away. And I'm also working with clients. I don't like to use the phrase nurturing, but I'm in contact with people on a frequent or semi-frequent basis depending on the person, the circumstances, so I'm working with people that are signing up straight away. I'm working with people that are signing up in three or six months. And I'm working on people, I would say working on people, I'm having conversations with people. Staying in touch with them and... Just keeping them up to date, seeing if I can help them in any capacity. And those people might be two years away. I signed up someone last week I've been in touch with on and off for six years. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's a long-term gain, and I think game, and I think that we, um, a lot of people, try something new, don't get the results straight away, and then give up when it's actually like you said. You've got to stay in touch with them for a long time. Yeah, or you get one, the odd job offer, and it's like, well, come work in our office, and you think, well, I've just put in like seven years here, yeah. and I'm going to get all this business. Yeah. Why would I want to start from scratch and just undo? Yeah. But if you're unhappy. Yeah, that's right. yeah, absolutely. I've got a bit of freedom. I've earned it. Yeah, you, you've got the loyalty now here, don't you? I've got, yeah, I've got a bit of freedom. Dress codes relaxed for me over the years. <laughs> Are you wearing jeans today or no? No, I'm definitely wearing a suit and a tie. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, so leads us at the moment. Then, so you you've saying that you've got a, a database which is your short t- um, short term quick in the door. You've got a list of people that are long-term that you work on consistently. Do you, you know how you go to a lot of courses and conferences and people say you've got to do 20 or 40 calls a day, you've got to do this many emails. Do you work like like that type of um, method where you have to do so many things? Or At the beginning, I did. Um, I think if you are starting out new, you really, really, really need structure and I suppose like a roadmap to success and success obviously is relative so you work out what it is that you want to achieve over a month, three months, six months, 12 months, 10 years and then you break that down, dissect it. So you know if you want to sign say 10 managements working off a 50 
20% hit rate, you've maybe got to do 20 appraisals in a month, which is four a week, so say one a day. Mm. So you've then got to take that a step back and think, well, if I make 10 phone calls and I'm getting two connects, one of those people might want an appraisal, one might not. So then you go, well, if I'm going, you know, out of 10 calls, I'm going to get two connects and one of them's going to be someone's grandma and it's a wrong number. And then one person you speak to hangs up because they've got a good relationship with the other agent you need to make more calls. So you scale your numbers up, you might make 50 calls, 10 connects, and get two or three appraisals. Yeah. And you just do that day in, day out. So, like, for you and I, who have been doing it for a while, we don't work probably with that structure anymore because we don't need to. But one thing that I just thought of then is I wonder whether that's us being complacent, like, or whether, like... It makes it, even though I don't need to do that now and you don't need to physically do that, I wonder whether we're missing an opportunity by not doing it. Yeah, so I suppose that in answer to that, making phone calls is one of the things you need to be doing. So there's probably, you need to have a lot of things going at the same time. Yeah, and a bit of everything, like some calls and some emails and some this and some that. Calls, emails, you can use text messages. You can, I mean, you can, with CRMs now, you can do, like, spam text messages to people. What CRM do you use? We use Rex. Yeah. Um, I, I think text is definitely coming back, but I also think, um, do you do any voice, um, uh, voice recording messages? No, I, maybe it's my own limiting belief. Yeah. I always think I sound really awkward on the phone. Like, I hate hearing my own voicemail. I hate hearing playbacks of my own voice. Oh, so you're not going to listen to this podcast when it's done? As much as people say I love the, they think <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice, I think I sound terrible. Yeah. So I think I think probably everyone has that. I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Same thing with videos. Maybe, maybe that's just me being socially awkward, but... Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inspect Real Estate, or IRE, is an Australian-based software company that is passionate about creating quality, customised solutions for agents, tenants, buyers, and property owners, designed by agents for agents, because we care. IRE has now processed more than 108 million inquiries and is currently being used by thousands of industry leaders. There are many time-saving products from booking and managing inspections within our flagship product ROL, creating and managing applications with ToolApply and AppChecker, and tracking keys with Keyware, through to listing on Inspect Real Estate's free property portal, Tenant App, plus so much more. Visit inspectrealestate.com.au or give us a call on 1300 934 721. Do you do videos? At the very beginning, when the I suppose they first came to the fore, I say my beginning, so it's probably six, six, seven years ago when video started to be the big thing. Um, certainly in our office for sales properties, I did it on a few of our higher end properties for rent, um, and it was as much promoting the property as it was me trying to position myself as an elite agent getting big properties, but also being a bit forward thinking. And doing things that no one else was doing because, I mean, it's embarrassing that it still happens. But there's agents that list properties without professional photos now. Mm. If you're one of those agents, have a look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of people that weren't doing professional photos. So we started doing that. But then to take it a step further, I started doing floor plans and videos. So I could go into a meeting with the client and say, "Well, we're actually using." sales quality marketing on property management. That's how how highly we value your property is that we will give everything to it. And if the agent down the street is going to go there on a digital camera, take terrible photos with bad lighting and then upload them off the memory card to the computer and put them on the internet with crooked pictures and toilet seats up and no linen on the beds, yeah. why would you pick them? Yeah, If they're that slack at the beginning... How bad are they going to be when it comes to Q3, 
condition mm. reports, inspections. I like um, the way you sort of you promoted it as um, we do um, the same sales marketing, like the quality sales marketing for your rental property. I think that sounds quite a good way of actually um, passing it on to an owner as well, because it would make them think, well, yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't I do sales quality advertising oh, for my it's, rental? It's just a rental. Well, it's not just a rental because you're getting someone to live in your biggest asset. Like if you went and bought a Ferrari, are you going to let everyone drive it? Mm. No. No. So why would you want something with an equivalent value be treated with such little care and attention? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did COVID affect your um, the way that you BDM or the way you do appraisals? A little bit, but not as much as you would think. Um, I suppose be, being well-established, a lot of my communication doesn't have to mean I'm in the office for it to happen. So phone calls, you can do anywhere. Emails, text messages, you can do anywhere. Did you do any virtual um, appraisals? Not virtual appraisals. No. Um, there might have been the odd time where I've gone out to a property, but... I'm pretty confident in the area that I work, I know every house on every street, whether by sight or as a frame of reference, because I know the property next door. I used to live in the area. Um, and I've done that many letterbox drops over the years, um, which is actually a really good way to get to know your area. So you can, I can walk down a street and they say, well, I live at, you know, number six, Smith Street. And you go, oh, you live next door to Peter and Sally. You know, we look after their property that they've got, you know, they've got an apartment in the city. We look after that and then two doors down is such and such. So you can... You've got Create connections. Yeah. And people like to do be, uh, business with either people they like or identify with or people they know know them. Yeah, absolutely. So what marketing at the moment are you physically doing? You've got sales referrals. Can I pull you back? Yeah. Just back to the COVID question. Yeah. Um, one thing that we found, we were future-proofed and we didn't know it, we were doing virtual tours mm. for rental marketing on properties. I think we started in 2017 or 18. So way before? Way before anyone else. Yeah. So Do you do them in-house or do you get them professionally done? I was doing them myself. Yeah. Um, excuse to get out of the office. Bit of fun. Um, and then the better you get at it, the quicker you can do it. So the first one probably took me forever because I was agonising over where does the camera go, then I've got to edit it. Um, then the more you do them, the better you get at it, the quicker it, the quicker it is. But that for us was a really, really good way to win business two or three years ago. Yeah. Because we could say to people, we can actually show your property 24-7, 365 to people anywhere in the world. So if you've got someone that is sitting in a departure lounge in London coming to Perth for work, in theory, they've already been through your property and they can apply for it. Mm. And then fast forward two years, COVID comes along. And all agents are now announcing that they're now doing 3D tours and you're like, Please. That is cute. <laughs> that is so cute. Where were you three years ago? Yeah. Or, you know, you're doing 360 tours now. Oh, why, why aren't you getting professional photos or yeah. why are you taking photos of properties with no linen on the bed? Yeah. So we've clarified that no linen and toilet seats up are two pet hates. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I um, don't like tea towels on the oven. That's my pet hate. My photographer doesn't like that either. <laughs> yeah. I've actually got a bedspread and pillows sitting by my desk and you can check me afterwards. I have, so if my photographer comes and the bed's unmade, I'll leave it for him. Yeah. There's no way I will willingly have a photo of a, an unmade bed, an empty bed, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Or a poorly made bed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know they say you spend your whole life trying to be different from your parents and you end up becoming them? Yeah. Is that you? I can hear my mum right now. <laughs> I can imagine. All right, so marketing, um, so, you, so you're still doing 3D tours? To a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, I will save that now more for high-end properties where 
there is more of a need to have better marketing because even though the market has picked up and it's not as much as owners think it is because they read things in the paper. But yeah, I know that's not the whole session, isn't it? That's not the whole thing. But um, high-end properties is a good way to be, win business and at the very top end of the market, which for us is sort of 1,200 plus per week, mm-hmm. um, there's not as many people around as you would think there are. Yeah. Or as some people would have you believe. Yeah, correct. I um I think as well, like not only is that type of marketing um for the prospective tenant, but it's actually for prospective owners that are wanting to put their property on the rental market. They I've always believed that a landlord, before they pick an agent, they'll go onto realestate.com and try and price their own property where they think it sits. And then if they can see, you know, LJ Hooker or they can see you um, advertising properties that it might be similar to theirs and you've got good quality marketing, they're more likely to call you to say, hey, can you come out and appraise our property? So there's that element as well. 100%. So as, as much as it is about promoting the property, it definitely a degree of promoting yourself and this is what we can do for you that name another agent that was doing 360 do. Yeah, correct. And I think as well, like another um, tip that I've got is that if I've got quite a few properties in one area, I will always um, have them and make sure they're upgraded on the major rental portals as well so that I've got a whole heap that are at the top of the list when people look so that then it looks like your agency is the foremost when prospective owners. Every ad that we do is a premiere on realestate.com. But that's the contract that we have with them that all the sales properties, all the rental properties are. Mm. That makes a big difference, I reckon. It does, up until a certain point, where you get a whole heap of agents with a decent amount of market share operating in one suburb all have the Premier advert. Yes. When the Premier advert becomes the norm, is it still a Premier? Correct. I absolutely agree, yeah. But if you are another agent and your property, like I think for, for East Perth, now up to page four or page five is premier adverts so you still have an advantage Mm. over someone that doesn't who's on like page eight Mm. are they still going to find it if they really want it honestly yes but it just gives you a jump start yeah but yeah that kind of dilutes the the uniqueness of it when everyone does it it does. And then that's a vicious cycle because then they've got to, you've got to pay more for advertising to get the ultra than everyone does it and it's just a slippery slope. Yeah. Is this, is this not ultra though, is it? There probably will be soon One day, yeah. 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 Good way of getting them to up their, um, you know, their membership. And Worth every cent. Absolutely. Well, it will be. At the end of the day, it's, um, it's good marketing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so letterbox drops you are doing at the moment? Yeah. 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 Um, Again, I'll probably have different strategies around letterbox dropping. So just listed, just leased, but then there'll be direct targeting as well. Yeah, what do you find works best or is it just need, you need to do a combination of all of them? Okay, so is there a silver bullet? Is one thing work better than the other? No, the best thing is being consistent. Yeah, Drop something once, it might go in the bin. Mm -hmm. Drop something several times in a year, people start to recognise your face. See, I don't mind that flyers go in the bin because I figure that they still see you first anyway and it will just become like, it's still brand marketing. It is. You just really need to make sure whatever your message is that it's sufficient enough to catch their attention even for a second. Yeah. So we did, I mean, we're a massive leasing office. I think one year we set a record. We did 458 properties in a year Mm. of just new leases, not lease renewals. Yeah, massive. Um, And you want to push that message out to everyone. So we did a litter box drop of the whole suburb several suburbs but to make it stand out instead of having like a picture of a house or a picture of me with a picture of a smiling baby on the front yeah who's going to throw a baby in the bin correct and it's a lot cuter than you yeah <laughs> exactly but it's just something that catches their attention you go, oh baby yeah everyone likes a baby yeah so you look at that and you go oh 458 properties leased by lj hooker you know what can we get for your place yeah 
Do you letterbox drop yourself or would you engage someone to do it for you or a mix? Now, I will outsource. Yeah. At the beginning, I used to do everything. But there was probably a couple of layers behind that. The first one was I wanted to make sure I knew everything about every street, every building, landmarks, cafes, you name it. I wanted to know all about it. Um, also, I'm a really big believer in there's like karma in real estate. The more you put in, the more you get out, and it might not be an immediate result, but long term. So if I'm doing letters, I will hand sign 2,000 letters. Mm. If I'm doing directed marketing at someone, if it's for sale with someone else and it's been up for ages, if it's for rent with someone else and it's been for ages, I will hand write the address and hand sign it because people will remember that. Yeah. And also it's more likely to get open because it looks like a birthday card or... Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the point is, is if you are going to do something like that, make it worthwhile. So put in that little bit of extra, whether it's with the flyer design or whether it's with the letterbox, um, with the envelopes. Yeah, so I, I quite happily... I mean, you don't have to do it during the day because it's not classified as a dollar productive activity. Yeah. Take 200 letters home and after you've had your dinner and you're sitting down watching something on Netflix... Just sign your letters because you can still listen to what's happening or I can handwrite addresses. Yeah. You know, daytime is for appointments and yeah. phone calls and then if you're prepared to put the work in after hours and sign, hand sign them. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Like with BDM, and because I do BDM for our office, I do all my appointments during the day and anyone that I need to face-to-face with. Um, but all my admin work and my, um, if it is a flyer design or something like that, I prep all of that in the evening at home. I, I find I'm more creative then during, than during the day, but that's how I work and it isn't, um, it's not a nine to five job. Have you heard of Fiverr? Love Fiverr. Saves you time. Yeah, so much better. And yeah, for anyone that actually hasn't seen Fiverr, it's, um, it's such a good, cheap graphic design option. So I used to get the, um, like I would send my podcasts off to Fiverr and for a very small amount I could just – I've got one guy that I deal with that I just send it to him and he's got all my intro, outros, does it all. Um, I've done I've done quite a bit. I've done logo designs on there, branding stuff. I suppose some, some people, if you work for a brand, are going to be limited to what the scope of the, the branding is from within the specific company. But if you're yeah. doing like personal stuff or you want to do like a cute promotion, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. Yep. Yeah, definitely one to It's like up. an air tasker for tech projects. So you put up, you know, this is what I want done and then people from all over the world will pitch to you and you pick whichever one you think is the best option. But yeah. it saves you heaps of time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an excellent um, excellent website. Uh, what is your ideal client? Uh, honest answer? Mm-hmm. One that signs a contract without any questions. <laughs> <laughs> without an appointment? Spoken like a true salesman. No. Um, Male, female, family, singles, overseas. I don't look at that. No. Um, I look at more can the person gel with our team. Yeah. So as much as I want to sign up every single property that comes my way, there are good clients and there are bad clients and a good client might have a low dollar per week property. They're a really nice person, which is really important. Yeah. They're reasonable and rational and they're happy to, to do all the compliance stuff. They're happy to do maintenance. And a good way I gauge people is if I'm going to a property and I'll walk through the property, I'll pick things that I can see will be... I suppose, making it harder to lease the property. So, you know, you'll need, you know, if you want to get a better rent or you want to get a better tenant, you're going to need to re-silicon around the bath and around the bench top. It's preventative maintenance and it makes it look better. Or your shower head is really, really small. Go get a new rose, like a 15 centimetre rose for 60 bucks. And if they're receptive to that, I know that moving forward, they're going to be more receptive to getting maintenance done 
listening to price adjustments, even, even people's expectation around pricing. Mm. I find that that is probably a bit of a common um, concern in BDMing is where BDMs can also talk up their property management team too much and set unrealistic expectations. Is that anything that you've ever had a concern with? Not really. Um, I think all offices go through waves of staff where there's maybe a bad environment for a period of time and then someone leaves and things pick up. When I go out and meet with people, I don't have a conversation about this is how we manage your property, this is what we do, we have a zero tolerance to rent. Have you ever met an agent that doesn't? <laughs> um, I've always found my strategy is, I don't want to say create a problem, but find a problem and then be the solution to that problem. Yeah. So, and, and similarly, play to your strengths. Yeah. So for us... We are a massive, massive leasing office. We do 40 properties a month. We get now probably 5,000 inquiries a month. Yeah, it's huge. So we've got a massive pool of tenants and we've got two full-time leasing agents. So we just smashed leasing unbelievably well. And up until very recently, you might have heard the market in Perth had been down. Mm. Um, So my whole thing when I was meeting with people is, look, Obviously, the rents have come down. If you've had the property for a long time, the rents have been coming down. You're probably a little bit conditioned to that. There's not as many people around or there's far too many properties to compete with. Here's how we can lease your property quickly. One, two, three. And then most other BDMs are talking about, oh, well, we do this really nicely or we have really nice handwriting when we initial the, the property condition report. I don't care. All I care about is how much rent are you going to get me and how fast. That That's why I think we're here. Yeah. Get you the best rent and the fastest turnaround. There's like a, an underlying expectation that you're going to take care of the property. Otherwise, what do you get out of bed for? That's that's right. That's an expected. Like that's um, a standard. That's a normal standard. It's not um, anything special. Yeah. It's like when people have those um, cringy points of differences and it's like, really? Like honesty and, you know, all those silly ones. And it's like, well, that should be a given. That shouldn't, it's not your point of difference. Yeah. But people still use them all the time. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, I'm trustworthy. Well, good. <laughs> Glad that, you that, that, that's how con men win your favour. Yeah, is by making you think that you can trust them. So you shouldn't have to explain that. What you say is right. Here's the problem. There's like ten at one point. There was like eleven thousand properties for rent in Perth, yeah. and you know, in East Perth, there was maybe two hundred and fifty, three hundred properties. Yeah. How are we going to make your property stand out? Yeah. Well, we get professional photos. We get a floor plan, we do the 360 tour, we do virtual staging if the property is empty and then we'll match it out to our database of 2,500 tenants and we can get it done in X amount of time. And so to back that up, um, one of the marketing things with prospecting, 30-day lease guarantee. Yeah. Not so relevant now. Yeah. Um, but we had a 30-day lease guarantee running for two or three years. Yeah. And then someone else copied it and then someone else copied it. My colleague will say, like, oh, someone's just put this on Facebook. They're doing a rent guarantee. And you just think, oh, cute. Yeah. Where did you get that? Yeah. yeah Where did no. you get that idea? Well, it only, it, and, and when people um, copy or follow, all it does is then make you up the ante with, okay, what am I going to do next? Don't you find? So it's a good thing. Like, it's a positive thing because it'll make you find something even better to do. Yeah, we've gone through all sorts of stuff. But it's just, yeah. just finding ways to be different. But the 30 day lease guarantee was we can't lease the property in 30 days. The first month management's free. Find another agent that's working in the city or anywhere that's prepared to back themselves mm. and then get them to prove it and show you their statistics. So I can I get like a daily snapshot from Inspect Real Estate that tells me how many properties we've got listed for rent, how many inspections we've got booked, how many inspections we've done over the last 30 days, how many inquiries we've had in the last seven days, 30 days. And I can say, well, look, bring up the email on my phone. Look, last 30 days we've had three and a half thousand inquiries get the other agent to show you yeah or i can say you know in the last you know five years we've leased two and a half thousand properties mm. yeah no I, th- I think leasing is definitely a good um pain point that oh it's a, pa- a not a good pain point it's a pain point that people have and it's a good one to focus on because i've been getting a lot of questions lately from clients new clients that have said how long will it take me by the from the time they sign it to the time that it's up on the internet 
And that's been a really big question. And I actually spoke to a property manager who's working in a different area and she was telling me that there's some agents that will only, for example, use one certain photographer. And if that photographer's booked out for two weeks, then they will tell their client they can't get it listed on the internet for like two or three weeks. And that's a bit silly because it's like, we'll find another photographer who can get it done earlier for the client. No doubt. Even if, I suppose, if, if you're that person out there, if the property is $500 a week and it takes two weeks to get the property up online, the client's lost out on $1,000. I don't think there's too many people that would go, I will pay an extra 50 would complain if you said, look, my photographer normally does it for $120. He's booked out. We've got a second photographer. They're $180. Are you happy to pay that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're spending $80 to save 1000 Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Or do you know what? Just be a good, be a good person. And just cop that difference. Yeah. Just go, do you know what? To save you being inconvenienced, we'll cop the hit, we'll, we'll lose the $60. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's you're going to make it up in management fees anyway when you get it rented out sooner. So. I, I don't want to be too tricky, but like yeah. adjust the leasing fees. It's like two weeks rent, less $60. Yeah, I work the same way. I agree. I think, um, yeah, definitely having a little bit of flexibility for that is good. Brain. Um. Do you hand out your fees over email or do you demand a face-to-face appointment? Pretty straightforward. If, if I, I will always try to get in front of the person. So what are your fees? Okay, well, can you tell me a little bit more about the property so I can understand, you know, is it furnished? If it's over a certain dollar value, then we don't need to charge you as much because by default we'll be getting higher fees. So if I can come and meet you at the property, I can actually have a look at it and find a way to get you more rent or try and increase your revenue or make the property more appealing and we can cover that there. Yeah. Do you know what? Meet me. Yeah. First, if you don't like me, mm. you don't think I'm the right person, okay, look, I'm not going to get on with everyone. You don't think we're going to be the right fit for you moving forward. doesn't matter what my fee is. Yeah, true. So, um, but I don't, I don't want to use the word gimmick because it's not the right word, but if you've got something of value to offer, like a 30-day rent guarantee. You say, well, look, here's our fees, X, Y, Z, but we've got the 30-day rent guarantee. I don't know anyone else at the time. You know, I don't know anyone else that's doing that. Is that going to help? Yeah. Yeah, fees aren't a big deal. Like, really, if if you can lease a property quickly and you give someone good service, they'll, they'll happily pay a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of um, carry on, I guess, on social media about people that are doing really cheap um, fees and all inclusive and these big promotions. And they're all out there, but I haven't ever found that it's affected me and the business because that, you know, people either, like you said, they either like you or they don't like you. And if they like you, they'll pay your fees. And if they don't like you, they'll go pick one of them. Yeah, I just sort of explain to people look, if you sort of do like a a line graph and sort of plot where everyone's fees are, most of the agents are going to sit yeah. in that 8 to 9% and there's going to be an outlier that's a lot more expensive and there's going to be an outlier that's a lot cheaper. Well, those are kind of your, your red flags. Yeah. But look at the agents that are all about the same sort of fees and then... It's only about a 5 or $10 difference max per week if you actually look at look at them all. They're not. It's not a big difference. Yeah. I've had people, you know, oh, I'm unhappy with my agent... Um, can you send me your fees? Yeah, no worries, send them fees. Yeah. Oh, you, you seem a bit expensive. Well, were you happy with the other agent? No. Well, if, if we charge what we charge, well, if we charge you what they were charging you, can we do equally as bad a job or can we charge you what we charge and do the job that we do? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, that's no, a no-brainer. Um, hand over from BDM to property manager... <laughs> can I can I make an assumption? You might be embarrassed <laughs> when you do. Okay. I reckon you're the type of guy that would get the authority signed and then just give it to someone. And there's no right or wrong with this, but you'll just give it to the property manager and then they do the rest. That is where you're wrong. Oh, really? Yep. So I sign up the agreement. I've got a virtual assistant. Yeah upload the paperwork so I'll upload a copy of the title ID documents if this is a electric compliance certificate I'll upload that landlord insurance form I'll organize the depreciation I'll book the photos I will write the advert and I will give feedback to the owner up until the point the property is leased well I'm impressed 
never thought you did that. No, no. So there's <laughs> used to be at the beginning where it was different. I would just sign up, book the photos, write the advert, publish it, and the property manager does the feedback. The problem was all of a sudden the owner is introduced to someone they've ever met before. Yeah. And because the market was deteriorating, the first conversation a property manager had with the owner is, we're going to need to drop the price. So it gave me greater accountability around my pricing, but it also helped for me if I'm continually giving feedback to the client, I'm building a really good relationship with them. And then once the property is leased, then the property manager is introduced. Hi, I'm Sally. Um, So does the leasing consultant or the property manager or you put an application through to the owner? Property manager. Yep, okay. So our leasing agents process the applications. Yep. Book book the home opens, do the home opens, do the follow-ups, process the applications. Yep. And then it goes to the property manager when it's complete and the property manager sends it through or better yet, calls the owner. Yep. Hi, it's Sally. I'm going to be your property manager. Good news. Guess what? I've got great news for you had your property up at $400 a week. We've actually managed to get, get the tenant, well, the tenant's offered 420 per week. They want to start in a couple of days' time. This is what they do. What do you think? Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good um, system. It's interesting to see the different ways that people um, do it. So, I mean, and whatever works for you works for you. But We've tried a lot of different ways to manage properties. Yeah. So we've had, like, assistants and seniors and the assistants look after the tenants, the seniors look after the owners and then, you know, the inspections get divvied up between those and the ingoings. It's probably a whole other podcast, yeah. but yeah. we've got a system now that seems to be working pretty good. And how do you, because obviously you've got a big team, with a new business that comes through, do you have like a rotation base or are they air, like property managers in certain areas? How do you divvy them? Generally speaking, it is by numbers. So there'll be sort of an expected cap on how many each property can manage or yeah. how a property manager can manage. Um, so it'll just depend, you know, if a property's sold or an owner's moved back into the property, that might free up a spot with and they get topped up. one of the ladies um, and they'll get topped up or when, well, we've just gone through massive growth. So we brought another property manager so everything was going to that person unless it was a referral, um, say, one of the girls manages for an owner and then their brothers just bought a property, we'll keep them together. Yeah. Or if an owner buys another property, it'll go to the same person so there's the consistency. Yeah, yeah. So the person that your friend had a good experience with, you're going to have a good experience with. Yeah, yeah. No, that's how I work. I think that's the best way of doing it and just topping people up as, um, as you go along. Now, do you have another BDM that works in this office? Yes, sure do. Are they the same style as you or different? Different. Um, do you have little competitions? It's not a competition. <laughs> no, honestly, it isn't. No. We're a team. Yeah. Like the sales guys will come and go, oh, you know, you've got this many, this bunch, she's many, got oh, who's winning, who's winning? Well, honestly, the office is winning. Yeah. Yeah, I I've just I think I've just sounds like a kids under nine football team where you don't <laughs> score but you really do score. No, I, <laughs> I, honestly, like I know if I've had a good month or a bad yeah. month, I don't need to look at the board to know. I actually just know if it's been a good month or a bad month. Yeah. Um, and how does the new? I haven't actually met with anyone that has two BDMs in an office. So, do you have a rotation for the new leads coming into the office, but or do you have your own database, or how how does it even physically work? So, two two ways. We've both got areas. Yeah. So I've got one territory. She has another territory, um, and anything outside of those two areas goes on a rotation. Okay. Sometimes there'll be something where someone comes in the office and it's in her area. I'll say, look, she's not here. The receptionist will grab me because I'm in the office and, and she's not. I'll say, look, I'm probably not the best person to speak to. She is. She knows everything about your area. She yeah. is the expert. Do you mind if I'll just get some details from you now, ask you all the questions she's going to ask you, and I'll just pass it on to her and she can organise catch up with you. Yeah. 
There's no point stealing business off of her and, and, and vice versa because, I mean, we've been working together for three years, but you've got to work with them every day, so you don't yeah. want to be sort of stitching up and undercutting. No. And that just sort of breeds a really negative environment. And it's no difference to people with sales teams as well and, you know what I mean, the way you sort of need to share and be amicable with new listings coming in. So Yeah, but I, I actually, I see how hard she works on cultivating her business in her areas. Yeah. And I think she probably has a similar opinion to me. Yeah. So unless it's like a referral that they've got from their friend in the area, just out of each other's patches. Yeah. Such just it's easier, but if I get something, you know, one of my clients had a property in her area and they were moving out, so I just said, "Hey, look, just to let you know, my, it's, it's legitimately my client. I'm not stitching you up, <laughs> and vice versa." Yeah, so yeah. If you just you work with each other. Like the she ends up being your best friend. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, if I get stuck with something or I don't know how to, if I'm second guessing how to deal with something or what to do with a particular property or if I can't work out a pricing straight away, I'll just go and use the sounding board. So you don't want to be pissing off your ally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you set yourself any personal goals and rewards or does the office, um, do you have KPIs within the office? Yes, I have KPIs within the office and then I have the expectations I set for myself. Mm -hmm. Do they align? The KPIs, the, the work ones and the personal ones? I'm never satisfied. No. Do you, like, keep on pushing it each month? To an extent. There, there, there are, like, physically limitations of what you can achieve operating in a certain area. So I think there was a point where I had won so much business over two years, I'd almost pretty much exhausted our, the, the data that we had in the office. I'd pretty much fished that dry. Yeah. Um, so you, you're not going to be able to do like, you know, 10,000 in a year. Yeah. You really want to. Yeah. Did you, got to, did you get to a point of um, exhaustion personally at any stage in the eight years of where you did put too much pressure on yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, probably just taking that point on board. There are going to be good months really good months and there are going to be really bad months and you, despite all your best efforts, will not be able to control when they are. It's like a roller coaster. You go up and then you go down. You go up and you go down. And even if you are doing awesome, awesome prospecting consistently, you're still going to have a bad month. Mm. And at the beginning, for me, every time I had like a a drop, I was ready to jump in the bathtub with the toaster. Mm. And I just took it personally and I just go, why, why is this happening to me? I'm working so hard. Mm. And then I kind of, somewhere along the way, just had a realisation like you have a really good two or three months and you have a quiet one, then it goes back up again. And as soon as, as, soon as it drops off, it picks up again. So I've kind of learned to, to ride the roller coaster. Yeah. And I don't feel guilty now about taking the foot off the pedal a little bit when it is quieter yeah because you need mentally a break to sort of reset and refocus and recenter yourself yeah and I think as well like naturally we probably do KPIs based on a monthly basis like for naturally I would just think that's what people do that maybe it would make sense to do KPIs on a three monthly or six monthly basis to even it out and then you'd not so focused when you have those low months. Yeah, correct. So my, mine are based on quarterly targets. Yeah. Which is, I guess, an, a yearly figure divided into four. So if you have a bad month, you've got two other months to catch it up. Yeah. There's been, I've had months where you, know, you do your quarterly target in your first month mm. and you think, man, it is raining. Mm. it's going to be really, I'm going to go out. You've already worked out how to spend the money and then out of nowhere, like, the next month's bad. Yeah. And just go, how, how did that happen? Yeah. So you, you, it's really important that you have, I suppose, your prospecting activities, you have, like, a yearly plan of what you want to do and you break it down into weekly activities. So even if you're quiet, you're still chipping away and then the next opportunity will just come along. And then once you get one, you're on a roll. Yeah. But you need to be consistent with the prospecting. 
Like when it's when, when you're busy, you still need to prospect because you're not always going to be busy. Correct. Yeah. I've been doing it for eight years. I can tell you, you need to prospect all the time. It's classic even of a sales um, position where they uh, prospect, they get all these listings and they're busy with all the listings so then they're doing no prospecting and then they have that, that low again and it's you really need that support sometimes behind you or the energy just to keep on doing that prospecting, like you said, yeah. even when you're busy. Split your day in half. Mornings, yeah. prospecting, afternoons, meetings. Yeah. This is a bit of a technical question and I'm just curious, like because I don't work on KPIs, I don't... I, I don't like them personally for me because they don't work for me. But if you have like a really good, like you've got your KPI set for the quarter and you have a really good um, quarter, is it natural to then set the next lot of KPIs bigger? No, you set them lower. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, because at what point do you keep on increasing, 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 or is that not the intention? I know this is getting down to real specifics, but I'm curious as to. Over the years, I guess, how is yours? I sign the checks. I cash them. So <laughs> maybe my answer is going to be a vested interest. But yeah. um, I think you probably need a balance of something that's achievable. Yeah. Because if you – someone tells you to go out and run 100 kilometres without any training, yeah. you can go, too hard. So if you set the KPIs too high and they're unachievable, you're going to have someone – Depends on how what size the check is at the end of the 100 yeah. kilometres, though. Well, that's it. But – you know, realistically, if, if you've got someone and I suppose it's probably more of a business owner to work out what's equitable to be. I'm chatting to Beck next. I'll ask her the question. Um, yeah, I suppose there's got to be a balance. You need, you need to have something that's achievable so someone's motivated enough to work to know that it's within reach. Um, and once you get there, I guess maybe have like a tiered commission structure. So yeah. once you get to that point... And when you go above it, then you're going to make more money. So you want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. So it, need, it needs to be something that's attainable without being ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll it'll probably be a lack of motivation because it just feels like it's so impossible. Impossible, correct, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think we have had, um, answered all the questions I had today. You did very well. Thanks. Huh? Like a, like a pro, you knew what the um, questions were. I, um, I, I think the awards that you've won and the work that you do is um, very reflective. You know what I mean? You, you work hard and you're being rewarded for it. So I think you're a great BDM to watch. Um, and I think that the marketing that LJ Hooker does as well is, um, is definitely setting the, the standards high. So thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's all over. And if you missed the podcast that I did last week, which was around warm prospecting, then check that out on Spotify. Um, Otherwise, thanks, Rob, for joining me. Any questions, feel free to comment or let us know. The team at The Grout Guy are leading experts in regrouting, waterproofing and tiling services nationwide. Property managers find comfort in their 10-year waterproof warranty on all full shower regrouts. Visit thegroutguy.com.au to rejuvenate your property's tiles and grout now.